We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Noel with a rebound, and the celebration from these Knicks fans continues. It's been a celebration all season long. What a turnaround season it's been. Still a long ways to go. But seven consecutive wins, Mike. You're kidding me. And Derek Rose applauding the fans. They'll let the shot clock finish out. Now Charlotte will just inbound with 10.4 remaining. So redemption by the Knicks. Previously they lost down at Charlotte, 109 to 88. Getting revenge tonight. Charlotte, 16 points in the third quarter, 15 points in the fourth quarter. And Charlotte won't even attempt it. So the Knicks are going to beat the Charlotte Hornets. The longest Knicks streak in seven years is still alive. The longest current streak in the NBA continues. Seven in a row for the Knicks. They're now five games over 500. How's it going, everyone? Seven in a row. How are we feeling? Feeling good. Uh, as you can probably tell, I am not Jonathan Macri. Uh, Jeremy Cohen, John is at the game. So I am filling in for him tonight. Uh, and what a night to be able to fill in for him on. Knicks have won seven games in a row. Absolutely astonishing considering where we all thought they were going to be. And I think the fact is here with this game tonight where Charlotte just wouldn't stop connecting. They were absolutely lights out from three. Knicks were trying to match, did a great job, and of course, just caught up with Charlotte. But the opportunity to be seven wins consecutively, that's just astounding to me. And it's the sort of thing where, for me, it feels like people, players, teams, they recognize it. They really do. I mean, look at the bubble Suns last year, right? It was 8-0 and where they went, and they got Chris Paul because they showed tangible growth and development. And that's exactly what the Knicks are trying to do and what they're succeeding at right now. All of this, all of this without Mitchell Robinson, the fact that Alex Bur- Alec Burks has missed time, that they're winning, that they're, they pulled away in the second half. The defense is really resonating. It's just a beautiful thing to see. And in fact, they're, I was looking this up. They are 24 and six, 
24 and 6 when they score 105 points or more. So it just goes to show that when the offense shows up, good things frequently happen. So really exciting stuff. Uh, we can get right into the game from the first half. Definitely was a barn burner, as I mentioned. What was really fascinating is that Charlotte, it seemed like they, they consistently shot from above the break and at the top of the key. Uh, they really didn't shoot in the corner. They definitely didn't shoot mid-range whatsoever. They attacked the rim. And a lot of the shots that they hit, the Knicks are usually pretty successful at, at defending them. They were first in the league uh, on non-corner threes entering tonight. So uh, Charlotte basically looked at that opportunity and said, you know, screw that. We're going to be able to take advantage of it. And they did a great job. Um, and they, you know, the Knicks got a little, some of them got a little uh, slow to start out of the gate. RJ, of course, he scored three points in the first half. Oh, oh my God. The third quarter was absolutely astounding. Uh, I believe he scored 18 points, 18 points the first in the, in the third quarter. Um, 21, no, see, that's Rozier. 24 for RJ for the entire game. Uh, played 40 minutes, took 17 shots, six of 11 from three. Uh, just, just fantastic second half from him. Really started to take over. Um, you know, Randall, 16 points, 16 field goal attempts, but still the way he was able to find his teammates. There's some some beautiful cross-court passes that he had, especially to RJ. Um, just really awesome stuff that he was able to do to bring to the table. Um, just just fantastic. And Reggie Bullock, I mean, what what more can you say about how good Reggie Bullock has been? Uh, his ability to, to spot up, take those catch-and-shoot threes. I think he had three or four, he had three in the first quarter, and then just was there when you needed him. Um, but, of course, a huge reason as well, Feel like I might be bearing the lead here a little bit is uh well number one I guess Derek Rose uh Rose was just fantastic off of the bench uh, he scored 17 points he actually outscored no excuse me that's RJ RJ outscored the Hornets in the third third quarter but Rose did a phenomenal job of of bringing that offense hitting some mid-range uh came out hot right from the start and he the Knicks needed him desperately and he was there to provide and it's nice to see his conditioning coming back and, and COVID how he's coming back from that it's just great stuff to see and, and it's it's awesome that that things are working out for him uh and of course emmanuel quickly just just fantastic stuff um quickly there was at one point hit one of the fanciest threes off the dribble that i have seen in quite a long time um but just his patience his ability to get to the rim especially it just just wonderful things to see especially from considering the fact that maybe he wasn't getting a lot of burn the last few games or the shot wasn't necessarily there um he was providing and, and that was really great to see uh so i'm seeing right now that we've got some super chat comments uh stephen b gum seven in a row atlanta keep that fourth seed warm for us because we're coming for it yes uh atlanta is currently winning they are beating the magic who are actively tanking so it seems um and the knicks are playing atlanta tomorrow so really pivotal game uh, for the Knicks and the Hawks tomorrow night, uh, 8 p.m. Should be a good one. Uh, but the fact is that, you know, Atlanta, it's going to be really fascinating to see how, how they all match up. Uh, Capella could give the Knicks some fits, but, you know, there were at times tonight where it seemed like the Knicks really couldn't catch a break on the uh, defensive glass. Um, you know, whatever it might be, it seemed like very active, at least from Charlotte and getting great opportunities. Uh, but Tapa came up clutch in a lot of different ways, so good to see him there. Uh, let's see, what else can we – what else is there? Uh, all right. Yeah, I mean, Terry Rozier, at least from the start, came out hot, absolutely hot. Um, 
it was exciting to see them from a fan's perspective because they were just shots that were ridiculous to make. Um, in the first half, first quarter specifically, it was a little tough to see Alfred Payton guarding Rozier as uh, in one opportunity, of course, hand down, man down, as Mark Jackson might say. Elf just getting a three splash into his face. Not the most ideal. Uh, he only played about nine minutes in the first half. Big reason why second half also is a pretty good indicator. Um, I'm seeing we have some more focusing. Uh, thank you so much to Harry Donner. Appreciate that. Um, Stars, a.k.a. Brooklyn. Knicks all day. Bandwagon hoppers, please stop. That's that's funny, you know, because I like I sometimes go back and forth on this, right? Do we do we what do we say to Knicks Knicks bandwagon fans, right? Because like they're not they weren't here, but at the same time, it's like the more the merrier, right? We the Knicks get crapped on so frequently that why don't we just take advantage of the opportunity that more people want to enjoy and you know join in on the fun? So I go back and forth, but I'm gonna I'm for the moment I'm gonna agree with that. That's right. Here from day one, if you struggled through all the struggles, now you're here. That's the important part. We're golden. Seven in a row, baby. Um, Adam, RJ for Prez. Where do we get another one of him? Yeah, if only third overall picks like RJ grew on trees, am I right? I mean, just some of the things that RJ was able to do tonight. His defense, I thought, was really solid. It usually is. But, again, his ability to show up consistently when it's really the second half. He starts off sometimes a little slow, and then he just grows into it as the game progresses. And I think that's really important for someone who's 20 years old, uh, especially considering the fact that that's something that the Knicks will need, especially if someone like Randall isn't maybe as clutch as the game goes on. But it's still important because Randall's going to be that engine. Um, but really fantastic job by RJ. Really thrilled with the progress he's been making. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, I guess we could we could talk about – let's talk about Obi for a second. Um, so I thought Obi, he had one basket, but it was on a post-up and I thought he did a fantastic job with that. Uh, so Obi's only doing 10, per, 10% of his, uh, shot selections are really on post-ups and he's fine at them. He's, he's, he's okay. Uh, but you know, he just absolutely schooled the defender, thought it was a really fantastic job, only played five minutes, but that's what's going to happen when you have Julius Randle playing 40 of them. Uh, he's going to take into Obi's time and, and that's certainly going to hurt. Uh, let's see. We got one more question. Or excuse me, we got one more from the super chat. Uh, Chet Nick, Chet Nick saying, uh, Nick's defense, ropa dopa. Yep, I agree. Um, this Nick's defense, I mean, it looked like after the first half where Charlotte scored 66 points to hold them to 31 in the second half. Remarkable job. Um, incredible job of, of recognizing, uh, you know, and some of that was, of course, on Charlotte, and they just couldn't stay as hot as they were for, for so long. Um, but that was, you know, because of that, it, it did catch up with them, but the Knicks benefited. They, they did a great job around the paint as well. Uh, I think they said that the Hornets were one of nine in the third quarter from three, and it was the one shot was really Miles Bridges hitting a circus shot in the corner. So you can live with that, and it was at the buzzer. So that, that's the sort of shot that you just you let happen, you shrug your shoulders, and you move on to the next quarter. That's exactly what the Knicks did, and then they held Charlotte to another 15 points. Um, so the ability to, to contain them, especially after – P.J. Washington, who was just phenomenal off the bench. He had 26 points, uh, just a brilliant first quarter. Uh, you know, containing him, especially where it seemed like he was consistently making catch-and-shoot threes at the top of the key, uh, being able to stop that was so crucial. So it just, you know, he kind of fizzled out, but as the game went on, that that's just the way it'll go. Uh, next thing in the Super Chat. 
we've got Tim Kim. Other than the James Harden trade, is the Derrick Rose trade the best trade that happened in the NBA in terms of impact to a team? That's a great question. Um, I, I have to say, I mean, based on the fact that the Knicks really don't have a consistent point guard, or at least someone at the point guard position, the ability to have anyone create who's a veteran, who obviously has synergy with Tom Thibodeau, um, the opportunity to dominate in the mid-range and now being able to shoot from three, which was something we definitely could not say the last time Derrick Rose was here under Jeff Hornacek. All of that has made such a huge impact to this team. Uh, you know, I mean, you could look at a team like the Suns. They got Torrey Craig for basically nothing. That was a great steal for them. But I don't know if it was if it's quite to the magnitude as, as what Rose is providing. Um, the amount of time that he's also able to play on the court, the ball is in his hands. Again, we saw that Alfred Payton was just largely unplayable in the first half, but then even so in the second half. Um, completely missed RJ, who was wide open in the corner. About a player so later, just ran into the defender, easy charge, out of the game, was not seen later on for a reason why. Um, it just was not nice basketball. There was nothing pretty about it. Um, so the ability to have Rose come in there, game in and game out, fill in, for really no one at this point, so important. So yeah, I, I would have to agree, Tim. I think I think that he might be the biggest uh, addition to a team that we have seen in quite some time, uh, at least to this one, which is I think super important. Um, let's go on over to the chat. Uh, yep, that's a good point. Uh, I see. Don't forget about Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon has definitely been a huge contribution for Denver, especially with Jamal Murray going down. Obviously, they do not play the same position, but uh, Denver has been switching consistently. Um, they're big. They score frequently. They the MVP right now. So, yes, that's a good point. I think Aaron Gordon was a fantastic pickup for them as well. Um, <laughs> my Knox fandom died tonight. Yeah. Um, Yes, that's very true, Jonas Platt. I, I would Platt, excuse me. I would say that with Knox, it was just, it was it was rougher than Peyton. A um, lot of defensive miscues. It seemed also that there were some miscues in the last game, and quickly got the easy hook out from there. Three ball was just completely off the mark. Um, as a friend of the, I guess friend, Nick's. Uh, for the Strickland, I don't know if, for those of you who may know uh, Tyrese London. He just jokes around that Knox kind of just does cardio. Uh, it was hard to see, you know, hard to argue otherwise. And as a, a Frank Stan, I got to say, not seeing Frank be able to get action when Knox is contributing so little. Um, and there's also, you know, Zeller miscommunication and, and leading to the easy um, bucket there. Um, it's going to be rough, but that's, I guess that's just kind of what Knox is so far. So um, Andre Cross saying Schwinn's next Peyton rant is going to be a masterpiece. Uh, so, Funny story, actually. Uh, Schwinn and I record podcasts for the Strickland every other week. And uh, Schwinn was saying just today how he's just tired. <laughs> he's tired of ranting about Alfred Payton because it's like being a dead horse in the sense of what is really going to change? We, I mean, this is who the Knicks have. There really aren't a lot of significant contributors who are available. There was a report that they were poking around on Mike James, who is now signing with the Nets. Uh, reportedly. So the idea of where Peyton's going to go, the leash that Tibbs has with him, I mean, it is what we see is basically what we're getting. Like tonight, did not contribute meaningful minutes, was yanked, 
And that was that. So, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's just, he's, he's an unfortunate opportunity for what the Knicks have, but they kind of just have to roll with it. Nice to see quickly, at least being able to contribute in the backcourt, uh, especially with Burks gone. So that certainly cushions any sort of blow that, that might have, or with Tibbs working with Elf in terms of how the minutes distribution has been. Um, Tibbs saves Frank for when he really needs him. Yes, Tom Romano, I would agree with that. Although I would say that I was expecting him to be, you know, in there with five seconds left, as is tradition. I thought they might have subbed him in when uh, when Rose held onto the ball towards the end. Uh, Zolo J, Rose and Quickly are filling in nicely off the bench, scoring Burks still out. When Burks is back, do you like him starting come playoff time? I don't see Elf being playable in the playoffs. Um, I think Burks is going to stay right where he is on the bench. I think that he is able to kind of be the bookends of the first quarter and the fourth as well often. Um, having his ability to be there consistent is really important. Um, you know, at first I had thought maybe earlier in the season when he was injured, swap him and Bullock, and, and I, I don't think that's the right opportunity. I know this isn't suggesting that otherwise. It's just inserting him there. But we know that Tibbs feels about Peyton where he's not the best option, seeing as how for fourth quarters – Peyton just has not been present a lot of times. I mean, we've had Burks as a de facto PG, and that's just not what he is. So the fact that he's trusting him in that role just goes to show that he distrusts Peyton and his ability, and he's just kind of providing spot minutes that he feels would be better you know, distributed between him, uh, quickly, Rose, and, and to a larger extent, Burks as well. So it's how you finish, not how you start. I think Burks will continue to stay on the bench. Uh, Dom Cappuccino. Cappuccini, excuse me, says, wait until Burks is back. My top four PG fr uh, free agent wish list, CP3, Lowry, Rozier, and Zoe in that order. All right, so let's break it down a little bit. For CP3, he's got a $44 million player option. Now, he can opt into that, and he can sign a two-year extension with Phoenix. He could opt out and sign a three-year extension, although if he did that, he'd be losing a little bit of money in the first year. Uh, he could also opt out and then sign with a team like the Knicks. Um, the difference being that in Phoenix, if he signed a three-year deal, he'd get 8% raises. If he stayed in, or excuse me, if he went to New York, he'd have 5% raises. So something for him to consider, especially when you see that Phoenix is the second best team in the NBA right now, in terms of uh, how the record stands out. Uh, and that could also change as we go down the line, as the Jazz are missing Donovan Mitchell. They might start resting guys. Um, who knows how they can prepare for the... Uh, for that time. And, and maybe they'll just start, you know, taking easy saying, we'll just get healthy for the playoffs. That's where we can go. In terms of Lowry. I would love Kyle Lowry. I think that the Knicks have so much money at their disposal that giving a one-year rental deal to someone like Lowry would be phenomenal. My question is, is Lowry going to sign a one-year contract? So he's 35 years old. And if you're Kyle Lowry, do you want more long-term security? Uh, there's the option, of course, of the Knicks signing him to a two-year deal, but then based on how the money might shake out, because when that Lowry extension would end, uh, RJ would be lining up to get his paycheck. Uh, he'd get a nice contract. If anything, his cap hold is going to be about $32 million unless an agreement can come into place for a new contract. So that's just something to consider where if you're paying Randall, you're paying Barrett, you're paying Mitchell Robinson, Whatever you're doing in that time frame, if you have Lowry coming off the books, you're not really getting salary relief because then you're worrying about RJ's next contract. So, you know, trying to figure out how you fit that in with the grand scheme of things is, is something the Knicks need to pay attention to. 
Uh, because if they give him a two-year deal, it's not going to overlap as nicely as we might want. Uh, in terms of Rozier, I uh, believe Rozier is going to stay with Charlotte at least next year. Um, after that, I mean, you know, he could hit the market. He could be a viable candidate. He has thrived in an off-ball scoring role. Um, he's not a point guard. He's really a shooting guard, but he just gets so hot when I think you have someone else next to him who can handle the ball like they do with LaMelo Ball or the fact that they also have Gordon Hayward. Of course, both of those players are injured. They were out tonight. Um, LaMelo Ball might be coming back soon, but Rozier, I don't I don't think he's going to be the point guard option, and that kind of leads into, into Zoe, into Zo, uh, Lonzo Ball, where similar can be said. I personally don't see him as a half-court playmaker who can excel in the point guard role. Um, he's a good half-court player for combo guards, uh, but not really as a point guard. He's good in transition, great in transition, at least in terms of running an offense, but the Knicks don't really run in transition. So are Zoe's talents going to be wasted? Are they going to be able to provide for a player like that? Um, you also have to consider the fact that New Orleans can match any offer sheet. Uh, are the Knicks going to wait? Because if they wait for New Orleans to match, and they do, um, that could be a problem as well. So a lot of things for the Knicks to consider. There's also the Bulls. Uh, the Bulls made a huge trade for Nikola Vucevic. They are absolutely in it. Uh, it's really important for them, I would imagine, to keep what they're doing together because they want they have Levine. They want to retain him long-term. They've got Vuce on a good deal for the next two years and they can create a whole lot of cap space. Uh, Sadoransky's contract is non-guaranteed. He's only guaranteed for about, I want to say, $5 million, $10 million, five of his $10 million is guaranteed. Um, Thaddeus Young has $6 million guaranteed. Markinen, they can waive his cap hold if need be. So they can create a lot of cap space and hypothetically give $28 million, that's the max that Lonzo can earn, to him and really try to force New Orleans' hand. I don't think I want to compete with that. <laughs> that's that's a big contract. Um, I think Zoe can add talent in a lot of ways with his vision, with his defense, with his spot-up shooting. I don't think it's going to be as a lead PG. So that's that's kind of where I'm at in terms of that entire market. But it'll be really fascinating to see as things go on. Uh, next, we've got Adam. Is Mitch a building piece? Do we need to add to the center position? I think Mitch is absolutely a building piece. I thought that there was a chance that he might go in some sort of move at the deadline before he would become a restricted free agent or potentially uh, an unrestricted free agent the following season. There was the most team control that the Knicks had at the deadline, and they chose to stay with him. Um, I think that he's here to stay. I hope he's here to stay. I think when you look at the level of boxing out, when you see the ability of what he is able to do in terms of defensive rebounding and how much he has missed. I think all of that is crucial to this Knicks DNA and keeping him here is I think a really important decision for them. Uh, all depends on the contract, of course, but I think if you're the Knicks, you make a decision on what his future is by communicating with, with his agency, by knowing what he's going to do and, and trying to find some sort of uh, compromise where you can keep him here long-term. Next, we've got Sam L. Name three reasonable deals the Knicks signed this summer. Oh, man, Sam, put me on the spot. All right, let's see. Well, I think first and foremost, the point guard position is absolutely crucial. Um, but then it's the kind of questions we were discussing. What happens to the Knicks if things go awry? What happens if 
Lonzo isn't of significant interest and he goes to Chicago or stays in New Orleans? What happens if Lowry wants more security? What happens if all these guys don't work out? What do you do? Um, and I think that it's a really great question to ask because trade market, we know that Tibbs isn't really going to trust draft prospects to, to handle the ball. If he's not going to trust quickly on ball, he's certainly not going to trust whatever player the Knicks can or players the Knicks can draft who are on ball creators. So it's really trying to figure out who that option is going to be. Um, and there are, you know, some other names that could be out there. I know that uh, I'm sure a lot of Knicks fans probably won't love to hear me say this, but I think the idea of maybe Spencer, he can kind of bring him back and prove himself. If you were to opt out of that, maybe sign something that's a little bit more bloated. The Knicks could do that and still have plenty of options left. Um, but you said reasonable deal, and I don't think that's a reasonable deal. But to be honest, I didn't see Nerlens Noel coming. I didn't see Alec Burks coming. Um, I think those are all fantastic under-the-radar moves, and that's also my other philosophy or at least thought process in this. If the Knicks are going to go into this free agency and we know how pivotal Nerlens Noel has been to this team, or Alec Burks, or Reggie Bullock even, uh, although he was signed by the previous management. These players on lower-cost salaries, the Knicks are able to find and, and create a system that really brings out their strengths and hides their development uh, or their, their needs for improvements, um, their weaknesses, so to speak. So finding some sort of option that's cheap, maybe this is the type of situation where the Knicks have a, dare I say, system. Um you know, time will tell if they're if it's like Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Uh, I'm not going to go as far as saying it's like that exactly, but the we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Idea where if the Knicks can kind of plug and play guys where they have their archetype, they like who they like, and they try to find players without you know, spending too much or caving to a long-term contract. Players who can be replaceable. And I think that's something to really consider moving forward. So Sam, I know I didn't fully answer your question, um, but that's, again, I just didn't see those signings coming. Um, and I think that's great. And I think that's exciting from a front office point of view because it shows that they are kind of better than, than one of your average fans might be. We got one from Brian Lee. What about Conley as a free agent next year? Very underrated point guard. Uh, I love Mike Conley. I'm a huge fan. My thing about Utah is, so Conley has said previously, and by previously I mean earlier this season, how much he loves Utah. And this was before they really had the best net rating in the NBA. 
he seems to like it there. Uh, their owner, Ryan Smith, is a billionaire. He just bought the team. It's his childhood team. He knows this is a great team, and he wants to keep the band together. I'd be very surprised if he let Mike Conley go because there's just not a whole lot of insurance behind him, and it seems like they want to have some sort of partnership that lasts into next year. So how the Knicks will get in on that, you know, maybe they at least increase the offer to such a point where they're really handicapping the Jazz. Maybe Mike Conley doesn't really care. Maybe he says, I at one point signed the largest contract in NBA history. Um, money's good for me. I know I'm going to make more money. I, I'm happy with where I'm at. I prioritize winning for what is currently the number one team in the NBA over going to New York and trying to build something up from there. So I think, again, he is a great option. Uh, it was nice to was named his first all-star team this year, but I just don't know how realistic he might be considering all the circumstances with Utah. Uh, next, we've got a question, or excuse me, we've got a, something from TXD. Nick's Nick's second round equals think big. DS plus number two. And with a uh, closed mouth emoji or zipped emoji. Um, I'm trying to think of what DS plus, plus hashtag two is. Um, I Maybe DS is Dennis Schroeder. If it is, um, then that, you know, that is another option. If I'm misreading that TXD, my apologies completely. Um, but I think the idea of Schroeder, you know, he's really going to want to get paid. He rejected 484. He's four years, $84 million from L.A., so if anything, I think he'll just grant Hill the Knicks. I really don't want to be a part of that. Not something I'm super interested in doing. Um, and I don't think he necessarily fits with the long-term plans. If you also look at how he did last season with the Thunder, uh, his how he shot at the rim, how efficient he was, and how effective he was from the floor, it was helped tremendously by Chris Paul. Um, it's a lot of blue. Blue is not good on cleaning the glass. A lot of blue for that. And then the only orange is last year. So he did a great job with Chris Paul, really inflated his value. But I don't, I don't think he would be the next option, at least if I had to guess. Next, we have something from Dom Cappuccini again. Tibbs is one hell of a coach. Bottom line, yes, yes, he is. Uh, Tibbs was admittedly the coach that I most wanted this past offseason. I, I liked what Kenny Atkinson was doing, but there was something about Tibbs where the fact that he was president of basketball operations in Minnesota clouded a lot of people's judgment, in my opinion. Uh, and we're seeing something with similar with Frank Vogel, where a lot of guys in that second stop, they just it's just not working for them. Something is not going right. And as a result, they're able to they're they're just not able to thrive. Um, because we saw when Tibbs left Minnesota, things kind of crumbled. They then started to rebuild. They then hired a new regime, of course. They traded for D'Angelo Russell. They traded what could very easily be um, either the fourth or fifth pick this year. And if it doesn't equal that, it's going to be next year in a really competitive conference. Uh, you know, So there's a lot going on with what Minnesota did, but his ability to bring the defense has just been stifling. Um, you know, We've been seeing how the, these prompts about, or these ideas that, that the Knicks defense isn't going to hold up, right? There's going to be, there are going to be problems because of the three point shooting players are going to get hot. And we saw that tonight. We saw what happens when the law of averages skews in the other direction. And yet again, maybe it was Charlotte just getting cold. Maybe it was the Knicks repositioning themselves and, and, and adjusting the Knicks got it done. And as a result, Charlotte suffered drastically. And then if we look at what the box score was for this game, 
Charlotte shot in total. Of course, the one time that I try to go onto uh, ESPN for the box score, for some reason, it decides not to show up. There we go. Uh, 16 39. So, you know, that's still 41%. It's also, if uh, it's really disappointing to me because 16 of 39 was this close to 17 38, which would have been shout out Fetty Wap. Getting a Fetty Wap number tonight would have been a dream come true. And I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm happy that Charlotte didn't hit that extra three and that they missed one extra three. But man, that that hurts. Um, interestingly enough, Charlotte only went to the line eight times tonight as well, which I guess makes a lot of sense when you take a ton of threes uh, because that's what they did. Knicks only went to the line twelve times as well, eleven of twelve from the free throw line. I got to say, it is really nice to see a Knicks team that is not dead last in free throw percentage like we saw last year. Um, definitely a year to forget. Glad that is not the case. Um, huge reason for that, of course. Julius Randle, uh, he was five of six. RJ got to the line once. He was two of two. So that was really awesome stuff. Um, from Carlos Matos uh, in the chat, draft Davion Mitchell or Sharif Cooper. How about that? So those are great options. Um, Mitchell, of course, Davion Mitchell, I should say. Uh, Mitchell has definitely risen up the ranks in terms of what he's able to do. I would be lying if I said that I knew a lot about Mitchell himself. I have not studied a ton of Mitchell. I'm sure that once the offseason's in full swing, I'll get more into the draft stuff. I can say that I do know more about Sharif Cooper. Um, personally, for me, I don't love shorter guards. Uh, it's just a, a personal feeling in terms of, you know, we're talking about like 5'11", six-foot guards, not like your 6'2", six, 6'3", six, players. Um, Cooper, I mean, he had an incredible assist percentage in college, didn't play a whole lot before he was injured. The shot at least from a collegiate level, was a bit of a concern. But uh, it's to my knowledge that his high school numbers were much better. So it's tough sometimes to judge one season and then when it's even more condensed due to injury. So, you know, I think the fact that that he's so quick, that he breaks down the defense, he is truly a drive-and-kick prospect, someone that could definitely fit in to the role that Tibbs tends to crave. Uh, and I think that if you consider Derrick Rose, the mentorship that could be there, that would be a phenomenal thing. But again, I don't know what opportunities he would necessarily have um, because Tibbs likes to roll with what is really a 10-man rotation. We know he leans on his veterans quite a bit. So if the Knicks add a veteran point guard, how much time is a player like Cooper or even Mitchell going to get? Would the Knicks be better suited maybe going for a wing? Uh, like if Alec Burks is going to get paid, you're not going to have a wing to necessarily replace him. But if you know that someone can kind of fill in in that position, that archetype. I think that's something to at least consider. So uh, yes, I think that you got to go best player available at some point. Um, and at the point guard, we know that how much of, a, of an issue that has been historically for the Knicks. So getting a player like that, I, I want more research, at least on Mitchell. Um, Cooper, I go back and forth, but in terms of what they bring, I think it's, it's hard not to see the value that's there uh, and exploring that, which is really important. So uh, this has been great so far, guys. Love the questions. Keep them coming. Thank you so much. Um, and a shout out, of course, to our producer, Andrew Claudio. Um, he's been fantastic in helping to facilitate some of these and bringing them to my attention. Um, you know, from my old co-host to my producer, awesome to see and work with him. Um, so this has been fantastic so far. Let's see. What else we got? What else do we have in terms of this chat? All right. Got to tell you, this is also my first time on YouTube. Ah, oh, there's the chat. Chat was missing. 
All right. Now we have a question from, or excuse me, we have something from DZilla. Forget free agency talk. Let's enjoy the year. Biggest question now, does it take five or six games to beat the Hawks in the playoffs? Um, I agree. Uh, it's a reason why I have a ton of articles lined up for free agency and I have no desire to publish them until after the season is over. Uh, does it take five or six games to beat the Hawks in the playoffs? That to me is great. Just the idea of it, because it shows that Boston has not progressed. They've, you know, they had games like that, losing to Chicago without Zach Levine last night. I think it's going to be really fascinating to see what tomorrow's game looks like. Um, based on the matchups, John Collins versus Julius Randle, that should be a ton of fun. Be very curious to see if we might get Frank on Trey Young at any point, although um, a little skeptical. Then again, it's a back-to-back, so maybe some guys are a little bit tired. Then again, it's towards the end of the season, so it could be an opportunity where the Knicks really just play their guys because it's really important for them to do that. Um, but I'm going to say it'll take six games. You know, Both teams are very young in terms of what they're able to do, but, man, if you're talking, if we're talking about you know players who have playoff experience, in terms of lead ball handlers, Derrick Rose and Alec Burks versus Trey Young, I think Trey might have trouble adjusting to how defensive schemes might work uh, as things get tighter. Shots may not come as uh, as more plentifully. Can't even think that that might not be a word. I'm I'm, I'm just not even thinking coherently, but I'm so in the zone. Uh, so it's very possible that for for Trey he has some fits. So I'd be I that's a matchup I'm really eager to see. Um, of course, Burks also we saw him play heavy minutes on a player like Doncic. So it's a shame he won't be playing tomorrow. Might get another crack at seeing how he'll defend Trey at least down the stretch. Um, so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with six Dzilla. Uh, James Lee, I was more sympathetic for Alfred Payton. Now I disrespect him with all my heart. So disgusted to see driving into traffic and missing two in a row rather than passing it to hot hand wide open RJ. I agree. It's the sort of thing where I keep wanting Elf to try to return to even the player he was last year. And that wasn't a good player, but at least it was someone who basically didn't have his head in his ass. Someone who was more willing to pass in general, his assist percentages, they, reckon, they they represent what he was able to do. So, you know, I'm not entirely sure if it's what he's doing. Maybe it's a little bit of what Tibbs and the role that he has him in. But the tunnel vision, especially that charge, it was just brutal to watch when you have RJ right there. So, you know, I mean, the, the thought as well of with that Rose uh, pass to Bullock against uh, in, the, in the previous game against the Pelicans, where the idea of Elf driving and kicking, I mean, Elf's assist percent or his pass percentage on drives is so low that the opportunity for him to not just, you know, try to get Lonzo to, to shift over and then kicking out to Bullock or looking in the other direction when you've got Kevin Knox wide open in the corner. And, you know, I, I slandered, well, it's not really slander if it's true, but I talked about Knox a little bit. His abilities from the corner, that, that's certainly well known. So I think he would have done a, a nice job filling in there, but Bullock made the shot. Rose got Zoe to, you know, hesitate for a second. Stan Van Gundy called out his entire team, said high school players could do better. That's the story. But yes, again, Elf, it's not a problem that's going to go away this year, unfortunately. Just going to have to ride with it. But it seems that his his players or, or you know, his playing time is a little bit more diminished. So that I think is important. John Kaywood, not to go too draft heavy, but would like to see Kofi Cockburn dominant, dominant the block, but not sure if he'll be there when the Knicks are up. Uh, to be honest, I really don't 
know much about him. Um, that's a player I will be sure to take a look at, though, John. Thank you for bringing him to my attention. Um, but I, you know, sounds exciting. So we'll we'll uh, maybe we'll readdress at a certain point this summer. Uh, Benji Isse, love listening to you and John on Monday morning. Keep it up. Appreciate that, Benji. Thank you very much. Uh, it's a pleasure to be able to talk with you guys. I, I'm sure John had a blast at the game, and uh, I enjoyed watching the game from the comfort of my home. Um, catching up a little bit from Sam L in the chat. Who is your ideal pick, assuming we end up with 15th or later? Um, some of the players I have followed, I do really like Josh Giddy. I think the size, the the vision, uh, the defensive instinct, at least the promise there. Uh, that's something I've, I've really been excited to kind of follow. You know, I would love to see some sort of consolidation with picks moving up. I think having three picks is a lot, especially when you consider the mainstays, RJ, Randall, Mitch, hopefully Bullock, uh, hopefully Derek Rose, Obi, quickly. We're already at seven guys right there. So again, 10-man rotation, uh, not going to be a whole lot of room, so consolidating I think is important. But um, if we're talking about later as well, I think Garuba, uh, Usman Garuba is just a phenomenal defender whose shot is really coming along. So that's that's been nice to see. Uh, I think uh, Trey Murphy the third, just his, his shot is absolutely wet. Uh, the ability to also talk about Trey hitting a tray would be really fun to do. So uh, selfishly, I think that would be a good thing for, for the Knicks, but that's kind of where I'm looking at the moment. Uh, from Fackinson Estiverne, do you think RJ will be better than Zion or Ja in a few years? Um, I think that you could probably make an argument that he's about as good as where Ja is. I know that might be a little bit controversial, but I personally, I, again, Shorter PGs. I know that Jaw really isn't that short. I think he's about 6'3, honestly. Um, it's also very possible as I'm reading through the comments that uh is that Cockburn might not even be a real player, but Sam L saying hi to Cockburn. So uh, if he is real, then uh that's great. If he's not real, then that's also great. Um I I, I yearn for the Cockburn. That's I regret that already, but that's all right. Um, all right, moving on. So yes, in Zion or Ja. Um, God, why did I say that? Um, for Zion, yeah, I, you know he's a generational player. Uh, the ability for what he's able to do, uh, the 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 command, the attention he's able to have, phenomenal. I uh, just have to hope he stays healthy. That's a big thing. And with Ja, you know, I always get worried when he lands. It just my heart races a little bit. So trying to focus on that, but, but his vision, I thought also something, you know, you want the ball in your star's hands, but I'm not sure how many of you saw the Denver game last night where it went to double overtime. There was one moment as the clock was winding down. I want to say at the end of the first overtime where he had a wide open Kyle Anderson in the corner and he, and jaw attacked the rim. He missed Kyle Anderson again was wide open. Didn't work out. They lost in second overtime. Uh, and also at the end of the game, or excuse me, at the end of regulation, uh, basically what happened was that Ja was like 40 feet away from the hoop. And I would have thought maybe driving, getting some, some penetration there, that would have been really important, but that wasn't how it was drawn up by Memphis head coach, Taylor Jenkins led to a loss. I personally love wings. I think uh, in terms of the fact of what they do, I think having an elite wing matters more than almost anything. Um, even point guard and even, you know, at the, at the big position center, so that's kind of where I stand, but that's the beauty of it. I, If you'd asked me last season about RJ, definitely would not have said 
that he was near Jaw. Certainly wouldn't have said he's near Zion, but feels like he's closing that gap. So that's really nice. From Dirty Dancer, what is the number you're walking away with with Lonzo? Again, like I, I don't know how comfortable I am. Period with Lonzo. You know, I think that there are bigger plans in place, and the Knicks will be fine if they don't get a player like Lonzo. Um, I think that he is kind of like he's intriguing because of his age, because how he fits this timeline. He's right in between RJ and, and Randall. But look, if the Knicks are playing like this, and we have the opportunity to talk about 2020 Beal, Levine, Curry, Paul, you know, the list goes on for those players. It's just a better class. And I'd hate to be taken out of it because we're paying Lonzo a lot of money for a role that, that really isn't going to fit him necessarily. So um, that's kind of where I'm at. And then uh, this is going to be the last question of the night. Thank you all so much. This is from Max Fuentes. Do you think Nerland's Noel comes back next year? I think it's a really great question. Um, I think that Noel, you know, there's an argument to be made where he's getting consistent playing time. He's so invaluable to what the Knicks are, who, what their identity is. Uh, you know, if Taj were backing up Mitch, the Knicks would not be in the position they're in. Nerland's Noel has no fear. He's able to just defend at such a high level. He's not a perfect player. I don't know if he would start in other, I don't know how many places he would really start. I don't know if he could get the mid-level exception uh, multiple years. I think he could. I think he could get there. But the question is, you know, if you offer someone the full mid-level, you're going to get hard-capped. And if you get hard-capped, that's a problem because you might have too much salary. So um, the opportunity is there. I don't know if they'll be there for Noel. But I'd love to have him back. Again, $5 million is really the last thing that – it's the most he's ever made in a season. So uh, he's, he's clearly happy here. Kenny Payne with that University of Kentucky connection, World Wide West, Julius Randall. So you just never know. But I, I'd love to keep him. I just, for all of these guys, the deal just has to be right. I'd love to bring him back on kind of a, a bloated one-year contract. Uh, he's only, really only eligible to make $6 million next year if the Knicks keep his rights. But tossing that aside, if they're able to rescind his rights and sign him again, they can maybe they sign him for... 8 million. Maybe it's a one year, $10 million deal. Really have to play it by ear. So, um, and all right, I'll say I'll, one more thing for, uh, from TXD, the last thing, zero coincidence. So team Durant all-star game was forecasted future teammates. Two came true, Chicago, Brooklyn, Julius Randall, two free agents. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I agree. There's zero coincidence there. Um, <laughs> I just seen how John K would say, good job, Jeremy. Thank you. Sorry for asking about Kofi. No problem whatsoever. That is all good. So anyways, um, folks, thank you all so much. Really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, just as a reminder, uh, always love reviews, uh, love feedback. Um, really appreciate you being here tonight. Five stars if you wouldn't mind. Um, smash that like button. Subscribe, although I would imagine most of you have kind of subscribed already. Uh, John will be back tomorrow against the Hawks. So uh, we do. We go for eight tomorrow. Hashtag hoodie season. Shout out Andrew's hoodie that's hanging up behind him. Uh, shout out Gunna and, and Chris Persianen for putting Andrew and John onto Gunna. Um, it's been, you know, big things have been happening. We're going to keep it going. Uh, really appreciate it all. Thank you so much. And uh, let's go Knicks.